0: what's going on guys it's nick here back with another video it's wednesday so time to go over my favorite trade targets this week this one's pretty wide receiver heavy since most of the stud running backs were either on by recently or have done really well so you can't really trade for them right now um but even though it's wide receiver heavy still got a few running backs to go over so at the top of the list we have the bucks wide receivers um yes i know that the bucks have been pretty trashed recently Uh, And I'm honestly not even convinced that, like, they're going to fully figure things out this season and, like, go back to what they were last year. Like, I don't really think that happens. But the insane inefficiency really just can't continue. Godwin has four straight games of at least 10 targets with at least six receptions in every single game since week two. But he has zero touchdowns and he's got you know, a four-year low of just a 64% catch rate. So he's now the wide receiver 44 in half PPR, scoring 42 in half PPR points per game. Like, I just can't envision him seeing 10-plus targets a week and then being outside the top 40 wide receivers in fantasy long-term. He's getting super unlucky, and he would be my top priority this week. But right after him is Mike Evans. He's tied for 11th in targets on the season. He's got three straight games of at least 11 targets. He's at a five-year low of just 8.8 yards per target. And he hasn't scored in five straight weeks, being the wide receiver 27 since week five. These two are still very talented. I know, again, the offense hasn't been great. But it's an offense that when it picks up, we know exactly who the ball is going to. And even while they're still being bad, these two are getting double-digit looks every week. They're who the ball is going to when they make it into the red zone, even being on a bad offense. They're going to be good. They're going to be better than this. They're going to score at some point. Like, again, Godwin, no touchdowns on the year. Evans hasn't scored in like five straight weeks. They're going to score a touchdown at some point. And when they do, people are going to start remembering like, oh, yeah, Chris Godwin's really good at football. He shouldn't be outside the top 40 wide receivers. I think both of them are going to be consistent starting options the rest of the season. And the people that have them are like definitely frustrated right now. After the Tampa Bay wide receivers, I'd be looking at the Steelers wideouts. We talked about them briefly lastly, but they were on buy, so like it would have only been a little bit. Like We obviously didn't talk about them in the running back, wide your video and the favorite plays video, so it was, like it was only earlier in the week. But Claypool being traded away has such a massive impact on this offense. He had a 17.5% target share and like, that's a really big amount to just remove from an offense, especially when let's be honest, like it was those three in the wide receiver core, and like they're going to have other players rotate into that third spot, but no one that's going to come close to 17.5% of the targets. We're taking a lot of those, and we're giving them to the running backs, to the tight ends a little bit, but we're giving some of them to Deontay, and a good amount of them to George Pickens. And since when we look at Deontay, like he already ranks fourth among wide receivers and targets, having already had his buy and you like basically stabilize that floor it was already a pretty decent floor but you make that floor even higher and you unlock an even higher ceiling like that's a crazy amount of targets and if you think about it it's like how does he not produce in fantasy if number one he's just a good wide receiver I don't think I've ever heard someone argue that Deontay Johnson is not a good wide receiver You've got to think Kenny Pickett is just going to slowly get better as a player. Remember, he is still a rookie. And then, like I said, you just secure these targets and you give him a higher ceiling each week. Like He's the wide receiver 51 right now in half PPR points per game. And he's going to finish top five among wide receivers in total targets on the season. I have to think that if he's going to finish top five in targets and he's going to have that stable floor, and he's going to be using the red zone, he's not going to be the wide receiver 51 and a half PPR scoring. So this is a good time to buy in on him, especially already having his buy as well. And I mentioned, you know, those red zone targets. It's like I don't maybe think people like, I don't know, I guess they don't view him as a red zone threat, but like he has the most targets in the red zone on the team. He's got the most targets inside the 10-yard line. Like he is their number one option right now. And Claypool was their number two option. So he's gone. And while, again, a lot of that is going to George Pickens, who we're going to talk about in a second, it's just securing Deontay's role and every week giving him an even higher ceiling. And just he hasn't hit that ceiling yet, but that doesn't mean he's not going to. They've also had some pretty difficult wide receiver matchups recently. Like they've been in very difficult matchups at times this season. He's going to be better. You got to buy a loan him right now. And then again, Pickens the usage is going up, we know the number one indicator of when a young wide receiver is going to break out is the second half of their rookie season. Knowing absolutely nothing else, if you just look at the second half of the season for rookie wide receivers, that's when they break out. It's just a very, very good indicator. And so if we combine that with the fact that He was a really high-end prospect. Some people thought he was like the number one wide receiver prospect in this draft class. Along with losing Claypool, just locking him in to all these snaps, a bunch of targets, You know he's not going to be the wide receiver 63 in fantasy like he is right now. I think rest of the way, you're using Deontay every week as wide receiver two. And then Pickens, I think every week you can play him in the flex. I think he's a top 30 wide receiver rest of season. After those four... I think my next favorite is only for the teams again that have like zero, one, two, maybe three losses, like the really high end teams. You're looking at those injured studs. So, uh, Jamar Chase and Jonathan Taylor would be probably the two I'd be looking at right now. Both of them are certainly a risk, right? I mean, there's no guarantee. I know he didn't go on IR, but like, there's no guarantee that Jamar Chase returns really quickly, returns to exactly what he was before the injury there's still a chance that if you think you're buying low right now maybe you're not maybe he isn't the type of player that he was before the injury maybe it's really like the nfl you know the the actual football playoffs not the fantasy playoffs where he really gets going that's possible but if you're a high-end team and you're looking to like really unlock the ceiling well anyone that drafted jamar chase and jonathan taylor is not doing good right now unless the chase team got like pretty lucky Um, was really good before the injury, hasn't taken too much of a step back. Like, these two, like, obviously, if you have, you know, a first round and an early and mid first round talent and they miss time, that's going to hurt, right? So those teams are struggling. They need to win now. If you have a really good team with a lot of depth, you can afford to acquire them, keep them on the bench for the next, like, I would just assume that you can't play them for the next, like, two to three weeks. Like, have that assumption in your mind And if it, you know, Taylor returns earlier, if Chase returns earlier, that's just like a bonus. Like think in your mind, I'm getting them back in like three to four weeks. And if you're good with that because you think when they come back, they're going to be really, really good, I would trade for them because you're going to get like long-term, a very big return on your investment. It's just, can you make that? If you're like a 500 team right now, do not be trading for these two players. I'd really only do it if you're like one of those higher-end teams. After that, so after these top six, I would say that it's the non-injured running backs, like, again, not a lot this week to trade for, but I'd be looking at James Conner again this week, Antonio Gibson, and Jeff Wilson. Uh, Conner, we did go over last week, and honestly, like, I'm more encouraged now than I was last week. I thought last week was a really good time to trade for him, but I guess we weren't like 100% what the role was going to be when he did come back, but... He was efficient on the ground on limited touches, but he was relatively efficient on the ground after being like super inefficient earlier in the season. He commanded five targets, was inefficient with those, but again, it's still five targets. He was involved in the receiving game, and he played 71% of the snaps, and we already know he's going to get like 100% of the goal line work. Didn't score a touchdown, but had they gotten close, they would have used him. And so the results weren't there, which is good for us if we're trading for him, that like he comes back and he didn't even do that great in fantasy, but... We know at this point, like, given that usage, if that continues for the rest of the season, he's running back two every week. And one that, yes, has a lower floor, but all running back twos kind of have a low floor, but with ceiling. Like, he could go out there and score three touchdowns in any week. So, you know, low floor like all the running back twos, but he can win it for you, right? He's one of the running back twos that if he goes off, it's for 25 fantasy points. Some running back twos just don't really have that in the range of outcomes. And so, comes back. You know, people may be still concerned about the injury, still concerned about him being super inefficient, not being that great so far. I'd trade for him this week for sure. As for Gibson, his value does depend a little bit on the McKissick injury. It doesn't sound great for McKissick, but also we don't really know right now. Like there's a chance that he returns right away. Is a chance he returns like, you know, later in the season. Right now, like, I mean, I'm under the assumption that it's going to be a little while before McKissick returns. And so you have Gibson as, you know, a pretty reliable pass catcher. Definitely the best pass catching back in between him and Brian Robinson. It's not even close. He's way better than Robinson in the receiving game. And like, he didn't have the game we thought he was going to have last week, but he did step in. He played like all of the third downs. He was the guy they're going to go to on two minute drill, hurry up offense, like, the role was there. It just didn't really result in fantasy points last week. But if he maintains that role for, let's just say, the rest of the season. Let's just say uh, J.D. McKissick, you know, he's got this neck injury. He's done for the year. Let's just say. I don't know that that's going to happen. Let's say it did. Like, he's running back two every week. And so, because that's in his range of outcomes, you know, you kind of have to value that a little bit higher in the trade market. We're not trading for him assuming that McKissick is going to miss the rest of the year. We're trading for him saying that could happen. And if it did happen, now I've got someone I can play at running back two every single week and feel good about it with a ceiling in the pass catching game. That's valuable. And then if it doesn't hit, you've still got a player that's like being used at times, can be rotated in, isn't like the worst play in the world. So I don't think the risk is super high. And if you want to take that chance and bet on McKissick maybe not returning, then it's a pretty high upside. Then for Jeff Wilson, you know, like I said in the waiver wire video, he looked great. He looked really good. And it shouldn't be like super surprising to us that he did since he was already familiar with the system before. We know defenses are obviously just terrified of Jalen Waddell, of Tyree Kill. Like they're not going to focus on the running backs. They have to do their best to contain these two wide receivers. And so it's just like a really good environment for Wilson to be in. And if he's going to look this good... Like I said, you know, in order this week, like if he commands 55, 60% of the touches was used in the receiving game last week. Like that's, there's another option that he can be a running back to the rest of season. Now, again, he only had 12 touches. So like, that's a pretty small sample size, but again, like he looked good and you really want pieces of this offense. I wouldn't say that I'm like hundred percent certain he's going to be a running back to the rest of season, but I'll say this. Like if he looks this good again. He gets around, you know, that like 12 to 13 touches again this week. Maybe he scores again. Maybe he just like looks better than most on the ground. Like you're not going to be able to get him next week. So it's possible that someone doesn't fully buy in right now. They're like, oh, you know, got the lucky touchdown. Like most are still there. I don't really want this running back committee. I don't think that's the right way of looking at it. I really think like the upside is there to be consistently running back two in your roster and so I'd probably get him now because if it happens again next week, people are going to be like, oh, I actually really want this. It's a valuable piece of my roster, and his price is going to go up. Then finally, I don't think it would be a trade video if I didn't mention the sun god. Ammoner uh, St. Brown has two, I don't even want to say duds in a row. Like, I guess last week was sort of a dud. The week before, it was like, what, six or seven receptions for around like 70, 80 yards. Like, that's not really a dud. It was just like a sort of a down game. But he now has 12, 12, 9, 10, and 9 targets in the 5 games that he's played at least 70% of the snaps this season. Now, I don't think he's 100% recovered from the ankle injury, but he has played 95% and 97% of the snaps in back-to-back weeks now, again, commanding 10 and 9 targets in each game. He's obviously better in, like, a full PPR format because, like, You know, that reception floor is really, really nice to have. But anyone with a chance at a 30% target share rest of the season needs to be someone that you're targeting the trade market when they're underperforming. Like just that is just a, a very simple model to look at is look at the offense, look at their production in the past, and be like, okay, there is a very realistic chance that Amonar St. Brown has a 30% target share rest of season. And even if he's not a player that's going to average like 12, 13 yards per reception, that is a massive target share. That is a lot of receptions. He's going to get red zone usage. And if you look at the rest of this team, well, who else is it going to? Hawkinson is gone. The tight ends don't really command many targets. We know Jameson Williams is probably not coming back for at least like another month or so. They don't really have any other wide receivers that are that amazing. Like it's locked in. And if he's going to get a little bit more healthy every week, and again, he's not like Swift. Like, again, he's playing 97% of the snaps. Swift, that's a little bit more of a concern that he keeps not being used that much because he's clearly recovering from this injury and they don't trust that he's fully healthy. If they didn't think a Moner St. Brown was at least close enough to fully healthy to play, he wouldn't be playing 97% of the snaps. So much more confidence in trading for Moner St. Brown than Swift if you wanted to throw Swift in there. That's more of one with like Chase and Jonathan Taylor, where it's like I would only trade for him if you're clearly up in the standings, you've got a good team, you think you've got like a 70 80% chance of making playoffs, and you want to acquire someone that in the fantasy playoffs, that's when they'll go off, that's when they'll be worth more than they are now. If you're 500, you're below 500, maybe a game over 500, we're not trading for risky players. And I don't think Amona St. Brown is a risky player to trade for. He's getting healthier. He looks fantastic. Fine, not 100 but he looks fine and the target share is absolutely there so those are 10 players i would be trading for this week the rest of season rankings are updated through week nine and the week 10 rankings are up on the site already along with the detailed rankings as well i'll be back tomorrow to go over running back starts and sits friday wide receiver starts and sits and then saturday to go over my favorite plays this week then my friends is this one hope you all did enjoy if you did How about hitting the like button? How about subscribing to the channel if you're new here? Thanks for watching.